You're listening to the Acceptably Real podcast with Joe and Jerry on Anchor.fm, where the weird, the wild, and the unknown are fair play. Enjoy the show. Joe. Hey, Jerry. How's it going? Pretty good. Hey, that was pretty cool, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, I like it. Um, for for those listeners at home, uh, we've we've ramped up our podcast production, so we actually get to hear the 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 intro as we're recording. So that's it's kind of new to us. <laughs> I got something unacceptably real for you. What is it? Uh, but it's not the show. It's um, well, you know, I'm a I'm a card carrying beer snob right yes you are <laughs> okay well um i am really enjoying and this is not a sponsor of the show i am really enjoying bud light orange Ooh, i did have that had that once tastes like uh yeah like an orange soda pop kind of it's a light lager brewed with real orange peels with natural citrus flavors i've never ever been a Budweiser fan ever, but I'm, I really liking this, especially now that I'm on a diet. <laughs> so if, if I sound a little loose tonight, it's because I'm drinking some Bud Light. <laughs> Refreshing. <laughs> Refreshing. Anyway, what are we talking about tonight? Well, I wanted to go a little bit lighter tonight. I wanted to okay. talk about a little folklore legend called the Green Children of Woolpit. Oh, that sounds like a cover band for um, Motley Crue. <laughs> maybe, maybe it is. I don't know. It, if it was, if it isn't, then it soon will be, I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So what, what about these kids? So I first heard the story in 1999, mm-hmm. um, sitting in a Borders bookstore, reading uh, when I was a little kid, reading through these crazy, unexplained uh, folklore, legend, books, what have you. You know, a typical Friday night. So you've a, been doing this for quite a while. Well, I don't know about doing this. I've been thinking a lot about it, certainly. Well, well I mean, I mean, studying strange things like this. Yeah, I, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but I definitely remember, you know, being a little kid reading stuff about, you know, Bigfoot, Nessie, Oh um, yeah, all the, all the interesting stuff, right? So that's true. Anyway, so you're in a you're in the bookstore, and you, and you go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So I, I don't worry. So I came across this story called "The Green Children of Woolpit," and I read it, and it was interesting. And I thought maybe other people one day might find it interesting too. So I saved it in my pocket, and I brought it out today for me and you. Uh, I'm really excited to share the story because to me, it's interesting. It might not be interesting to some, but just it's out there. And I cannot say for sure if this is true. Uh, We do have, you know, this is recorded in some um, history, some eyewitness accounts. Um, So where this takes place is a village of Woolpit in Suffolk, England. Uh, The word Woolpit is actually in Old English means wolf pit so they made they made these pits to catch wolves right from getting okay their cattle or you know animals livestock Uh, basically what happened is that these workers were working out in 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 the area near there and they were near a big field where they heard some crying so they went to go investigate being the hard workers they were and they found two children a boy and a girl sobbing they were in hysterics uh they were looked really weird they were generally normal in what they looked like except for their skin was green like think about the way i look at it i think of uh what's that little you know the can of green beans uh, what's that character's name oh the green giant the green giant exactly were they were that green or they were just like tinged green <laughs> Uh, I like to think of them as that green. Who knows? Oh, okay. I mean, All right. it's, a, it's folklore. It's a legend. So let's make it that green. In your heads, they're that green. So they spoke in an unknown language, You know, definitely not English, not any of the 
the languages that would be spoken close to them. And they would only eat raw broad beans. So these kids, they were kind of sickly in what they looked like. They looked like they had not been eating for a while. So the, uh, the, these workers brought them back to the village where people were just, you know, staring at them like crazy zoo animals. Like, I don't know, like, what are these things? Where do they come from? You know, all these questions were popping up in the villagers' heads. So they were trying to feed these kids and they gave them these beans and they were trying to break them open as if they were hollow. And that's where the beans were. They were looking at the beans uh, in the pods in, in the wrong spot, essentially, right? Huh. So they were getting really frustrated and started, you know, getting erratic and hysterical again. So the villagers actually took the, be- the, the pods and broke them open to show them where the beans were. So this is all they would eat for a while. Okay. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, pretty weird. Um, so they ate these for a while. The boy was still sickly. The girl kind of became attuned to the beans. And the boy passed away, sadly. Um, so he didn't make it. The girl did, however, and she kind of became like the servant girl to this knight. And basically the, the knight, he was kind of like a knight or kind of a a man of prestige in the village. And he taught her some English, uh, taught her how to do some housework, you know, become kind of an inhabitant of the land. Eventually she was asked, you know, where she came from, all that kind of stuff. So they were playing in their, in their own place. Uh, where they're from, and they, she said that her, the land that she came from, everybody looked like her, meaning that green kind of hue. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was never light out, and it was always like twilight, you know, like right after sunset. Mm-hmm. That kind of like light out, but it never became like day, like she came to know in the, you know, where she came out to be. Uh, so she and her brother had. She said that they were playing in a in one of the fields where they came upon a, a cave, and they went in the cave and went through this crazy little doorway, and eventually they popped out and then they were in this field where they they were found from these new villagers in Woolpit. So after trying for hours and hours, they were not able to find out how to get home. So that's why they were you know crying in the field hysterically. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Huh. Yeah. So, so you think in they, they, dimensional doorway or? Well, that's definitely one of the theories that was kind of a four dimensional kind of realm, right? Um, yeah. the, the place that they came from, uh, they said was called St. Martin's Land, a subterranean world inhabited by green people. Um, so that's, but, I mean. But if it was so, subterranean, why would it there be any light whatsoever? Well, that's kind of the weird thing, right? They, they said it was like twilight, but they didn't really say it was like outside. Mm-hmm. They said that it was like twilight. So yeah, how could it be light? But at the same time, she, it kind of makes it seem like she claimed that they were from underground, which is interesting. Yeah. And so this was actually how we know about this today. Um, there's a man, William of Newburgh, the Historia Rerum Angelicarum. Uh, that's the best way I can say it. This was in the 12th century uh, during the reign of King Stephen. And so, you know, there have been different things it's trying to explain this. Like, is it just a folktale? Is it, are they inhabitants of a underground world? People like to say aliens, but I don't think so in this case. Pretty interesting little tidbit, though. That doesn't sound much like an alien origin for, a, for that kind of a tale. Right. It, if you go, so the cool thing is if you go to that area, the village today, they have... Um, an iron sign, kind of like a street sign that says Woolpit, and it has two little, a boy and a girl on it to depict the, the two green children, hmm. which is pretty interesting. I don't know. I mean, this is this is kind of weird because I don't know how often this kind of thing has been accounted for, and it's kind of a weird thing to make up. Don't you well, think? I, like, I, I know for that throughout history, there's been all sorts of legends of people who have come from or or have discovered underground civilizations and i and i know that's still kind of a kind of a a popular area for people uh, exploring the unknown parts of i don't know what reality (laughs) because they there's still people who think that there's uh um 
a civilization under Mount Shasta in California. But the way this was described, I'm still thinking dimensional doorway from another reality. And being that it's pretty much proven that we do in fact live in uh, just one segment of a multi-dimensional multiverse, if you would. It's not with, it's not outside the real of possibility. I don't think, especially if, if there's places like where, where the realities will, or the kind of touch, right. Mm -hmm. And, and it would make sense for it to be in a cave because that, you know, that's, I don't know, that's, that's how I imagine it. They could have found a way that went through and then they came out the other side into this set of dimensions, this four sets of dimensions. That's, that's how I would interpret it. Yeah. I've, I've been watching a lot of uh, house MD lately yeah. with, with Nikki and, it's, it's just kind of reminds me of almost a house episode where a green child comes in and like give, it gives some sort of like crazy other world explanation. <laughs> right. Uh, and actually there's this guy, historian, Derek Brewer, I have his name, uh -huh. right, who I'm going to quote what he said. He said, they're probably likely suffering from chlorosis, a deficiency disease, which gives the skin a greenish tint. Oh, okay. Um, and with a better diet, it disappears. So this guy thought basically that they had wandered from their, their flock, their village. And it kind of was just like an explanation to explain the whole myster mystery away. Right. I, but I don't know about that because why would they say they're from St. Martin? Why would they come up with a story about everybody look green like them? And it was twilight all the time. Huh? You know what I mean? Like it's something yeah. easy to try to explain it away, but why would they say stuff like that? I'd actually uh, looked it up and uh, I read something where the, the, when the girl, the girl grew up into womanhood, she was known to be fairly wanton and um, didn't kind of play by the rules of society a bit. Mm -hmm. Did you read that part? Now I'm wondering uh, if that's, that's kind of like, <laughs> um, we're wandering into um, old world porn. <laughs> yeah. Also, the moment uh, it's, I think, green women, I'm thinking uh, someone that uh, Captain Kirk would date. <laughs> Captain Kirk would date from Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he could be. He was, he was really into the alien girls, so. It's, it is interesting to hear about because it's, it's unique. And it does bring about that question, like, are these people from a different land, a different dimension, not of this earth? You know, what kind of doorway do they walk into? Like, you know, what would we accept as, as reality here? You know, I mean, do you have any stories that you could think about that, about the fourth dimension? You were starting to talk about how it's pretty much improving that there are other dimensions. Out well, there. Um, not, not an incredibly um, um, intelligent set of stories, but I, I do, I, I watch a lot of science broadcasts and uh, documentaries and I'm especially as uh, longtime listeners and you know, I'm fascinated by the subject of what is reality. And uh, I keep going back <laughs> with the Elon Musk and uh, uh, thinking that this is, this is all a simulation simulation. Anyway, so if, if that were true, then they could have been injected here you know, from, from another place to see how they would fare. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a one way, but I, I'm intrigued by the idea of a place where it's always twilight. That would tell me that they came from an alternate earth or another planet, uh, which is a little harder to believe. Um, well, where, what the, happens? where the sun is so far away that it's not very bright you know right but I, I was also thinking like there are spots in the in the world like in the northern like very very northern hemisphere where that's true don't they don't they not get sun for what like 30 to 60 days or something like that oh yeah fin finland's one um so, and, but but it... also the the thing is though since the the way the earth wobbles you'll get not a whole lot of sun and then you'll get a lot of sun 
Okay. Like I've, I've been in Finland in the summer where the sun didn't go down and it's like three 30 in the morning and it's twilight and that's as dark as it got. And then I, then it got brighter again and then it was day. But the, also the cool thing is the sun kind of, it doesn't go above you. It mm-hmm. just goes around the horizon, which is kind of cool. So it's always like low on the horizon. Do you think it's possible these kids could have been from someplace like that where they, but well, that doesn't make sense then because how, how would they get that far? Well, I mean, if they came through another dimension from an alternate earth, then who knows where they were originally on that planet or that version of earth. It, so, I mean, if you're going to skip dimensions or you're going to go through a little wormhole or whatever, you could very possibly go from the Northern hemisphere to the Southern hemisphere because you're, you know, at that point there's, there's the, the distances are touching. So you're just skipping through it. But, you know, in any regard, these, these kids didn't seem like they were fairy folk. They didn't seem like extraterrestrials or even, you know, they, they seem pretty ordinary. And what was extraordinary about this situation was where they came from. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And how they came to be. Um, and I think that's what captures people's interest in this kind of thing is like, you know, I've been lost before I've been lost inside a grocery store and I was a little kid and oh, I had yeah. the, the customer service person radio my stepdad and he'd come looking at me like, Joe, what the hell are you doing? Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> you know, and, and now I don't, I don't know if there was a, a Costco customer service desk where these kids were. This was in the, you know, certainly in the 12th century, but, <laughs> but again, it's interesting and it's, it's, a wonderful thing to think about like in all these parallel realities or if they lived in the world it may be super similar to ours i know one time when i was a little kid i got lost in my own neighborhood and just and i was just like i guess i, I was riding my tricycle and i went around to the like i was going i thought i was going around the block mm-hmm. and i went around some other block and when i tried to find my way home i couldn't and so I went up and randomly knocked on, on a door and this woman put me in her car and drove me around. And it turned out I was just around the corner <laughs> from my house. She was really disgusted when it's like, Oh, that's my house. She's like, what there? <laughs> <laughs> so I can imagine if I had wandered in, like when I was a kid, I was dangerous. And, um, I, I grew up in the suburbs of Tucson, uh, right uh, nowadays it's in the kind of in the middle of the Tucson, but back then it was a little tiny, uh, neighborhood out in the middle of the desert called Orange Grove. And mm-hmm. now it's not in the middle of the desert at all. It's in the middle of a suburb, but there were tunnels and there was, uh, apparently, um, uh, underground rivers that were going through the area. And you could hear him. You could actually put your your uh, ear down against the ground, and you could hear rumbling, right? Ooh. And so, I, I had found there was there was numerous caves, and I'd found a cave that I went down into, and and found like underground water and like salamanders and stuff with no eyes and it, all the cool things like that, and. I, I could only imagine what would happen if I got lost in there and wandered back out and it was a completely different place, you know? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Scary. Really? Yeah. I, you and, were, and, how old and, were you? I, geez, I, I was anywhere between six and eight. Wow. Somewhere around there. I, I was a little kid, but enough to get into trouble, you know? <laughs> Certainly, yeah. Now, I used to wander out in that same desert and um, find things from, I, I don't know what war, but I found like bayonets and old cartridges. And it's apparently some war had raged in the area and it was still out there in the desert. Uh, and, and you'd find pieces of wagons like these big old huge square bolts that had like held a, a wagon's mm. wheel on and things like that. I still have one. Interesting. Like 
some tests? So, like you think tests were going on, or you think there is some kind of old artifacts you were finding? That's oh, they're old, old, old artifacts. Um, yeah. Because you know the whole area is rich with history. I, I'd give anything to go back out there with a metal detector. <laughs> but there was like Adobe buildings and stuff too. I remember. That's pretty sweet. Those those buildings are awesome. The kind of reddish color. Yeah. Uh, a little bit different than the greenish hue of these kids, but uh, still <laughs> cool buildings nonetheless. Well, I mean, the difference in the cultures is another thing. I mean, they so they spoke a different language that nobody knew anything about. Yeah. And some, pe- some people were also thinking these were Flemish uh, kind of immigrants that, you know, fled to like a deep, dark part of the forest was another um, kind of was idea that people had but um, whoa that would explain twilight all the time if they're in the deep dark forest constantly yeah and they went through a they went through a cave and they came out the other side out of the forest but you said there was fields in the forest though yeah they said they were playing in some kind of field and then they whether that's a kind of farm field or, or whatever kind of open space, maybe, you know, that they're, they're saying it was, and they came upon this cave that they were playing in. And that's what they, you know, that's what they found is some kind of doorway where they ended up in this other field. Well, yeah. You'd think that if there was a dark forest near enough for the kids to have gone through a cave and come out the other side, people would actually know about it. You know, <laughs> oh, they're from that forest over there where the weird people are, you know, with the screen, green skin. <laughs> Don't you think, though, that like if this were the case that, you know, parents like other other green entities would have come out of the fort or the cave yeah. at some point? Well, unless unless they didn't know that the kids disappeared into the cave. Right. Because I could tell you for sure my parents didn't know I was going into caves when I was six seven years old i had imagined they'd be very scared if they do oh no my it's funny my mom always said oh i always know where he is she never knew where it was <laughs> and i was always wandering off in the desert and getting chased by sidewinder rattlesnakes and and eating things that i'm pretty sure could have been poisonous and <laughs> you know um i, I loved uh prickly uh cactuses and, um, you know, it's the, the prickly pears and, but, but I had read somewhere in school that if you're lost in the desert, you, and you're dying of thirst, you could cut open these barrel cactuses and suck on the juice and it would give you. And, um, I used to do that. I had this pocket knife that I'd taken from my brother and, and I'd go out there and I'd cut it and, and you know, almost like watermelon and, you know, sucking that and then. I don't know, 20, 30 years later, found out, oh, there was only one type you could do that with. The other ones are poisonous. Wow. Good thing you never had that. I know. I know. Oh, boy. I don't know what that had to do with the green kids, but. (laughs) Well, yeah, but it had to do with your your mom, maybe not always knowing where you were. Yeah, that's true. But, um, yeah, I do think that you would see. After even a, a day, right? I would I would think if I had kids, that I would definitely be freaked out, and uh, maybe maybe I would think that they're so good that they wouldn't go in caves, unlike young Jerry here. Uh, um, but maybe you know, maybe, I don't know, man. It's just a weird thing, but it's cool to talk about, and it's um, certainly interesting that the girl lived, you know, and she became normal pigment again after oh, she, she did. She did. So, oh, maybe I didn't oh, mention that. Yeah, you left that part out, so the green skin went away. Right, after being accustomed to the normal food. Oh, we see. Okay, this kind of lends more credence to the idea that she was suffering from that thing that that guy said he... Yeah. Uh, whatever that was. I can't remember what you Chlor- said. Yeah, chlorosis. Yeah. That doesn't sound great. But, uh... So I, I wonder, did, did she marry? Were there descendants? It did say that she was married at a point. Uh, it doesn't talk about anything about 
descendants. I never, I didn't read anything about that. Or That'd be funny to go into 23andMe and see if you're related to a green skin girl that appeared out of nowhere oh, from a cave. Man. I think it's so, interesting, isn't it? That the ancestry DNA and 23andMe, like all the stuff they found. Wow. Yeah. Apparently I'm 3% Neanderthal, which probably explains a lot. I'd say so. I'd say so. Yep. <laughs> they love their orange Bud Light. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, I And I do have to, and this commercial brought to you by Bud Light. Bud. <laughs> Bye, sir. No. Uh, yeah. I, I would rather be drinking something else, but it, it is, in fact, a lot less calories. How many calories does it have? 143, as opposed to your standard 200. Okay. And uh, the other night um, I was trying the lime version, which kind of tastes like lime water. Not bad, but not quite beer. It's only like 110 calories. Wow. So my my diet likes it. (laughs) That's good. That's good. But trying to drink the regular light stuff, I just can't do it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'm a big fan of Yingling. I know I think I've said this before, but Yingling is you know the eastern eastern kind of beer. It's made its way throughout the country and eastern sides, and I think through Indiana. I'm not sure about Illinois at this point, but um, they have a new light beer called Yingling Flight. That's only I think 90 calories. Oh wow. And, it's good? and it doesn't yeah, it tastes so good to me. I'm a I'm a big Yingling fanboy, but it tastes so oh. good. And I will, uh, I will have to try that. Yeah, and and I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. That's the important thing, you know? So that's cool. So are, you, you don't need to go on a diet, do you? You're a pretty slim trim guy. Oh man, doesn't everybody though during this pandemic get <laughs> quarantine? Well, I like, I uh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, we're all grouped up and, you know, what's the point of losing weight when the only good thing about life is is food and mysteries and paranormal stuff? No. You know what I mean? I I actually, um, I had to, uh, I had to take action. And so I joined this, not a, not weight, I, you know, I used to do Weight Watchers and it worked mm-hmm. if you stuck with it. And there's, there's your, there's the key word right there. But I found a different one, and I'm I'm not going to mention who they are unless they pay us. But it is working, and it's it's an app, and it's actually kind of fun. It gamifies the whole thing. Really? Yeah. And does it does uh, it rhyme with Zoom? Yeah. Oh, have we already talked about this? No, but I looked at it myself. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it rhymes with Zoom <laughs> <laughs> or Gloom. Or Or boom. (laughs) And um, and it it really is working. It's expensive. (laughs) But I think that's part of why it works is because um, I've invested in it. I'm damn well going to use it. But the other thing that it's kind of the missing piece of it is um, that's working for me is is, uh, you get assigned a human coach who keeps track of you. And if you start slacking, then they're watching what you're doing, right? How? Oh, really? Well, like I mean, you on... have to. Re- if you if you have to report your daily weight, you have to, you know, you report what you're eating and uh, and all that stuff. Wow. And so, and they and there's kind of a um, text message thing going on. And so you could, you could reach out to them at any time. And there's a, there's a group that you could belong to, which they throw you into. I'm not really into that, mm-hmm. but you could reach out to them too. Now I got to say that I am not the target market for this. I think the, the target audience for, for the messages and everything is, uh, I would, I would guess 18 to 27 year old women. <laughs> because that seems to be everybody else in the group. And also it's kind of a, f- the, the, the thing, and it's all, there's lessons you're going through too. And you get credit for the lessons you're doing. Right. 
but the 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 really cool thing is if you stop using it the, the your 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 uh coach reaches out and's like hey what's going on what are you doing you know have you you haven't logged your stuff lately and so mm-hmm. he he keeps you on on task he keeps me on task so so it anyway. kind of creates a big brother aspect to it kind yourself. of yeah. Can I, but, can I ask, have you ever tried um, eliminating carbs, like low sugar? I have tried everything. I've yeah. I've done Atkins. It works for a while. Mm-hmm. I I did the paleo. I've done, I've gone through the gamut. I, the one that really seemed to work for the longest time was Weight Watchers. Really? But this one, hello and welcome to green skin kids who then lead to diets um <laughs> well their diet probably wasn't that great either but um right. um i've lost almost 50 pounds now in just three months and it's, it's so it's really working and i already i paid for a whole year of it all at once and so if 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 everything keeps going according to schedule i'll be at my target weight by march next year wow that'd be awesome and it's already getting to the point where i'm gonna have to start buying new clothes so (laughs) yeah good for you man that's awesome these kids it's a pain in the ass yeah pain in the ass to buy new clothes (laughs) but it's one of the hardest things to lose weight right i mean it's not easy maybe it's easy for the first 10 pounds like the the water weight you lose oh yeah yeah but it's, well, it's, the other cool thing, it was kind of like Weight Watchers, but in this one, it, they're using, they're using, um, not points, but they assign different levels of, of calories. Okay. And so the foods that you eat fall into green, yellow, or red categories, and it's based on caloric density. So if you're eating something that is 300 calories with high caloric density. It's not as good as eating 300 calories of something with low caloric density because the, the low caloric, (laughs) why is this so hard to say? The low density one uh, fills you up more because you're eating more food to get to that 300 calories. Whereas if you're, you're eating nuts or peanut butter, or chocolate, or something like that, just a couple bites gets you all the way up to the 300 calories, right? And you're not going to feel full, and you're still going to want more, and it makes you want more. So if you, you could pretty much eat all the fruit and vegetables you want, which is also like Weight Watchers. Um, chicken and fish fall into yellow, which is okay to eat well they're all okay to eat but it's like okay to eat in moderation and then there's the red food which is like go ahead and eat some but just eat a little bit of it and it gives you a you know a a range and and so then they actually tell you you know what if you want a cookie have a fucking cookie it's okay but just have that one cookie you know and then eat a bunch of other stuff and you know yeah and and it's it, so really it's like when I have a beer I can have a beer it's yellow, if I have a scotch, or if I have a bourbon it's red, because there's more calories per ounce, whereas the beer which is used to be like in Weight Watchers the beer was the big forbidden one, no it's all right, you know that's that's it falls into the medium category which is kind of interesting, so I can have my beer and I'm still losing weight. Not a big problem. I'm, I'm choosing the light one because uh, I could drink more of it. Basically, <laughs> why not? You know, that's a good way to think of it. And something that I read recently is thinking of food as value. Like, oh, yeah. like how valuable is this Big Mac for me versus how valuable is this salad with blueberries and pieces of you know whatever goodness. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, thinking about it in that way kind of helps take it off. Like I, I think what, maybe 10 years ago at this point, and I was what, 2010, 2011, I weighed like 240 pounds or no, probably 
probably 220, 230 pounds ish. At a certain point, I just didn't like weighing myself because I, I hated, you know, seeing that number. And then um, I did some fad stuff like the HCG diet uh, or like the low carb stuff. And that uh-huh. really helped. That really worked, you know, whether it be like some placebo thing. Um, it really got me to limit my my food intake, which, you know, in turn shrinks your stomach. So you're not as hungry next time or you yeah. stop eating sooner than later. And ultimately, that's that's what I go for whenever I need to lose weight now. <laughs> so I just hear some. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, it's OK. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say this. This will be funny to you. My ideal weight is 240. <laughs> I'm trying to get down to 240. <laughs> and you had to lose weight when you were at 220. <laughs> yeah. With different body types though, you know, yeah. like different, different. Well, things. I've got the Cro-Magnon, uh, the body type, I guess. So I've got the Neanderthal. Uh, Neanderthal. I got the Napoleon body complex, I guess. I don't know. You don't seem Napoleon-esque to me. No, you don't think I'm big headed or No, you're you're you got more of the James Bond body type, I thought. Ooh, thank you. Thank <laughs> you very much. I don't know about that, but Well I'm sure you know Nikki what? thinks so too. <laughs> she in her dreams. In her dreams she she'll <laughs> wake up in dreamland and she'll remember me as the the healthy looking <laughs> man she met long ago. <laughs> uh not the pizza roll, Domino's eating, Mountain Dew drinking. Oh, guy she, she she came to love, but things are good. I, you know, we try to have a balance. I'm not like over the hill, like over, you know, over the top or anything like that. So, I guess I we, try to we, exercise too. So, oh, that see, that's something that I'm still working on. Uh, exercise. It, it, it's prompting me to do exercise, and I'm. I'm I'm struggling just to hit the the target uh, uh, steps that it's trying to give me. Oh yeah. But, what does it have you try to do? How many steps? Well, it ramps, and so uh, it starts you low, and then when you meet it the next time, the next day you get two hundred more. Okay. And if you meet that, you get two hundred more, and it's trying to build you up to ten thousand. Okay. But if you don't make it, well, it drops you to two. It drops two hundred. So at least you could try to make that one. If you don't, then it drops another 200. And I'm liking these pathetic under 3,000 step areas. So I'm like, <laughs> but all I have to do is mow my huge lawn once and I hit the 10,000. Then it's like, oh, you're doing great. <laughs> tomorrow you're going to go 10,200. I'm like, no, I'm not. Let's try. Nice <laughs> That's try. not happening. <laughs> I mowed the lawn. I didn't exercise. So, and also I'm in a coma for a day after that. Yeah, we uh we hiked at the Cuyahoga Valley National Park. Oh, I saw the pictures. Yeah. yeah I think. Man. Well, we we went to let's see, Gatlinburg, Tennessee for a little trip. And uh-huh. then this this weekend I had uh my brother drive up from Chicago with his girlfriend and we went to the national park nearby which is like 10 minutes away. Um and did hiking and and one day we hiked for like you know three miles the next day we hiked for like eight miles seven miles and uh yeah my legs were really feeling like jelly today <laughs> god i remember when i was to my young 20s um i would uh, 10 miles nothing i would just walk i loved walking and when i lived in san francisco you didn't need a car i would walk everywhere i would walk from one side of the city to another no problem because it was it was always interesting walking through there. Mm-hmm. Sometimes scary, <laughs> sometimes an adventure, but always interesting. And then uh, I had this girlfriend, uh, and and she loved. I would give her a a piggyback ride, and and so I'd like carry her up these hills. And you know how San Francisco is like these insane hills. And so I, I'd go, actually, I would actually get all the way up to the top of the hill. I mean, like, okay, you have to get off now. You know, looking at your, your old pictures you posted from growing, growing up, you, you were a pretty good looking dude, you know? Uh, yeah. Um, I never thought so, but. Uh, well, nobody thinks so. They're not biologically programmed to think so. That's not how it well, works. I, I know you, you thought my girlfriend was kind of weird, which she was. 
but uh, and we're not talking my current girlfriend. We're talking yeah. my long ago. I, I adore your current girlfriend. She's amazing. Your yeah. long time ago girlfriend was kind of kind of interesting. No yeah. offense to her. No, well, she's she's long gone and uh, sadly not with us anymore. But uh, that's this part of so what what uh, what Joe and I are kind of talking about is he's been reading my latest novel and he's creeped out by the uh, female lead a bit. Uh, and she's actually a lot of her is based on that old girlfriend I'm talking about. So, so that's that's why we were talking like that. I should just show. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, man. Um, do you? I know you guys have the well, your daughter's future husband's dog, right? Yeah. Is that correct? Um, yes. Do you, do you ever offer to take him on walks? They're not, we actually have two dogs. Okay. And, uh, uh, I've never attempted to take them on walks because they are just, I think together they would be about 300 pounds of wild puppy. Oof. Just trying to pull me, pull my arm out of my socket. So what I do is I just, you know what? We, we bought this house mainly, I, I chose the house mainly for this huge backyard that the dogs could run in. And so I go out there and I play with them out there, yeah, but it's mainly them running because I'm throwing a ball. But uh, one of these days I, I need to uh, at least try this, because we've got the, this, the future son-in-law's dog and then we've got the newer dog, which is a what do they call it? A cocker doodle? No. Um, golden doodle. Golden doodle. But he's, he's, no, there's nothing golden about him. But <laughs> Oh, come he's, on. He's just, he just looks like a big poodle to me. But um, he's, he's silver and black. And uh, he's actually way more, even though he's rambunctious, he's, dare I say, way more trainable. Mm-hmm. and uh responsive once he gets his his once his uh enthusiasm is uh, uh comes down out of the red yeah and, and and he'll start listening to you and he's really good with you know doing tricks and sitting and everything like that but i'm afraid if i took him out on a leash he would just go gonzo because i've never done that with him before and i'm just kind of worried about that first thing this morning i let him out because my my daughter and her her boyfriend are like gone on a trip they went down to um uh, texas to see old friends and stuff and uh, so younger daughter and i are taking care of the dogs and i let him out to go to the bathroom and suddenly they're jumping and running down there and i'm like oh they're gonna chase the squirrel no it's a big freaking um uh groundhog or something um, it was the, as big as a cat and it was trapped on our side of the fence, the poor thing. So I had to run out there and like hold the dogs back and give it time to find its way through the fence. But it was trying to fit itself through a, a chain link fence hole. And I was afraid he was going to get stuck in and strangle himself, at first, I thought it was a beaver. It was so huge, but no, it was just a great big ground squirrel. Yeah. What are your thoughts? This is this is kind of a non sequitur to the, to the ground squirrel, but the um, what are your so thoughts? The whole, whole show is kind of a non sequitur because it started out talking about green children. Anyway, now my thoughts about, about your thoughts about parallel universes and other dimensions and universes that kind of parallel ours or dimensions that parallel ours. Oh, um. I'm convinced they exist. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, there's a lot of scientists who um, who entertain the thought with a lot of seriousness, without, but with the caveat saying we there's no way to prove it right now. Um, of course, this there's also a lot of scientists who say we're in a simulation and we could pretty much prove it just by math (laughs) we're not prove it but it's not proof 
it's um uh well it's it's uh odds what are the greatest odds and they'll do these these you know the thought experiment and come up well the greatest odd is we're in a simulation that this isn't real and a lot of the one of the things that makes me kind of give that credence is the fact that we have these artificial seeming limitations on reality, like the speed of light mm-hmm. can't go faster than, you know, 300,000 uh, kilometers per second, which is a pretty oddly round number, if you think about it. Because I think what we're we're butting up against is the speed of the processor, the computer that we're in. You know what I mean? We're we're butting up against the the limits of the hardware, and we need a new GPU. We need I, a new I CPU. Know. But but who knows? Uh, the, the other dimension thing. I mean, they're pretty much convinced through string theory. Mm-hmm. that there are at least 11 dimensions, except uh, most of those theories show that these dimensions that we're not perceiving are like little tiny wound up dimensions that are too small for us to see. Like, I, I couldn't even explain it without complicated graphs. <laughs> but then there's a, a whole other school of thought that's, that's talking about 12 dimensions or something like that. And they're actual real physical dimensions. And we're just one layer of them. And so we're like the little flat worm on the, on the table, not perceiving the height of the mountain, you know? Right. (laughs) It makes me, it makes me think of that sci-fi show back. I don't know. 10, 15 years ago called sliders. I don't know if you oh, ever yeah. caught that, but uh, yeah. I, I enjoy thinking that things are kind of like that with the alternate realities, and maybe maybe it's not exactly like that, but I I like to pretend that there are worlds where dogs are are the dominant species, and they have post offices, and they have jobs, and they can they're super intelligent species, kind of like that Rick and Morty episode. Oh yeah, it's kind of cool can... to think about. The confusing thing to me is uh, there. Lots of scientists say that given the fact that we live in an infinite universe, that those things do in fact exist. But they're, t- I mean, but but it kind of flip flaps back and forth because, like, are they talking about infinite Earths in other dimensions, or are they talking about? the fact that there are infinite worlds, that there's going to end up being a copy of earth that has exactly us out there, but that's in the same set of dimensions, but way, way, way far away, you know? Right. But then again, there's another th- school of thought saying, well, outside of the known universe, which is the speed of uh, the fast, the furthest that we could see because of the speed of light from the beginning of time has not reached us yet out beyond that wall. There's probably continuing infinity. Not, it's not a wall. It's a, it's just a barrier of perception. And then that could be a whole nother universe. And maybe that's what separates them. And it has its own laws or who knows, but, and and then there's schools of thought saying, yeah, there's, an infinite amount of, of universes and they're all existing pretty much in the same realm and they all have different laws and some of them are completely empty and some of them are exactly like us. My mind is boggled. I mean, I get mind boggled just by looking at the stars at night, you know? Yeah. It's, it's almost like we weren't, I don't know. I know we have the potential to think about all those things and try to make sense of it, but it's, it is mind boggling and it is almost like it's beyond our comprehension. Really? I mean, yeah, well, I, it, I really think it is. It's, it's amazing though, that as small as we are, cause we're just so small, we're just insanely right. small and we exist on a world and even the world is small. 
But yet in these little tiny heads of ours, we perceive the enormity of everything. I, that's just, just I, the implications of that. If you just follow that rabbit hole are just amazing. And, and, and yet we think we're like the supreme intelligence of the universe, but. <laughs> right. I mean, it's, but at some point you have to just, it's sad at the end of the day, you go to sleep and you understand that so far we are all we know. Yeah. And the things we know is all we know at this point. And, and there, there are limits to what we can know. Yeah. And that is acceptably real. Thanks for listening to the Acceptably Real podcast with Joe and Jerry. Eager for more? Visit us at acceptablyreal.com or like us on Facebook at Acceptably Real Podcast. Hey, it's Jerry. I am happy to announce that on August 1st, 2020, my latest novel is out. It's another comedy, fantasy, mystery, love story type novel. This one's set right before the pandemic hit. Well, because that's when I wrote it. And the main character is a down-on-his-luck tech entrepreneur who lost almost everything in a bad deal and a lawsuit and decides to reboot his life by opening up a computer repair shop for secret reasons of his own in a small Oregon seacoast town. There he is seduced by a mysterious young witch... And while on a walk along the ocean one morning, he sees something he knows is impossible. And yet, there it is. This leads him into a secret the town has been keeping since the 70s and throws everything he's ever believed about reality right out the window. The book is called No Such Thing as Mermaids and is available now on Amazon.com and soon at most other major online bookstores, both in print and ebook editions. You could also find links to it on my personal website, jerryjdavis.com. Thanks. <laughs>